Thank you for listening to the following film's podcast. Today I'm joined by Gigi Gaston to discuss her film, Nine Bullets. The film is about a former burlesque dancer turned author who discovers a second chance at life and redemption when she risks everything to rescue her young neighbor after he witnesses his parents' murder. Now on the run from the local crime boss who happens to be her ex, she makes a desperate attempt to get the boy to safety. Nine Bullets will be in theaters and on demand April 22nd. Hope you enjoy the show. So let me know if that works. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. Hey, oh my hey. God. I love your haircut. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love your very, glasses. Thank you. It's very cool. That's a cool cut. Thank you for uh, taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for watching our movie. Well, it, I was genuinely surprised by how much I enjoyed this because it scratched a very specific itch that I didn't know I had. Um, I'm 45. So when I was about, oh God, I guess it would have been like eighth or ninth grade, the, there was a Clint Eastwood movie called A Perfect World that came out. I absolutely loved the film. And I was very fortunate to have seen it before my political self had grown and caused me to kind of narrow down some of the people whose work I enjoy as much. But it had this, this, it felt very familiar in that way. And I felt like this is a thematically a film. I hadn't seen something like this in quite some time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because someone had said to me that they said, this is like a perfect world, you know? And so I actually went and re-looked at that after I'd made the movie and I was like, wow, I forgot about (laughs) that movie too. And, you know, and I understand the whole political thing too, you know, about that, but he made another movie too. I think that someone told me this year, one of the, like Paul Thomas Anderson asked him if he could do his movie a little bit off of that. Did you hear that? No, I hadn't heard that. I can't remember what the name of that movie was, but someone told me that, this Academy Award season, and I thought, oh, I got to watch that movie. I got to call my friend. I know who told was me it, that. Was it on Licorice Pizza or something that he yes. has coming out? Yes. Really? Interesting. There was some element of it. And they had seen it in an interview, and then they went and re-looked at whatever that movie was. It's not, It's. I think it's like a one-word name. Not huh. that that is, but... I have to remember. He is one of he is one of those guys with like I don't know like sixty directorial films under his belt or something crazy. I know, and he's such an interesting director, right? He's so good. Yeah, phenomenal, Uh, absolutely great. So, um, but uh, enough about that. With your film, the first thing that grabbed me right away was your use of sound, which is something that I always dial into, Um, and it feels like the score, the music, the sound design was very important to you in this film. Would you say that was an accurate assessment? Yes. And I, I wished we'd had more money for more sound and more different sounds and, and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely. And I know that's why when I met the composer, you know, Hugo was so amazing and totally got it when I talked to him about different things. And, you know, he was, he's one of like Hans Zimmer's new, whatever finds and all this mm-hmm. stuff. He, he came at the last minute. I'd been interviewing so many composers and when he kept talking about certain sounds, you know, certain sounds here and there and this and that, I was like, oh, my God, you're my guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're my guy. Oh, my God. I so relate to that because I think sounds are so important and along with visuals and along with everything else. But I'm really glad you picked up on that. That's like, well, cool. when you're working in a smaller budget film, I think that we can forgive a lot from the 
the visual sense of it because it could be a stylistic choice that we're you know used to um, right. really but the sound is something that i think audiences are very unforgiving of if your sound design isn't balanced if it doesn't feel appropriate for the proper setting those things it just it it can really throw off the feeling of the film it's just something that i always notice on things. yeah and he worked uh hugo worked really well and he would come over to the i can't remember the gentleman's name but i see his face i see his studio um way past pasadena he had his own own home studio because of covid you know and it it just was the perfect place to do it and he was like so into it too and like okay well we don't have the budget for this so let's do this and how about this and he and hugo and and myself and then cassian always who's such an amazing producer such an amazing creative producer like cassian would go i can't understand the kid you have to read it and you know and i would like go well i understand him and he goes, well, not everyone else will. You'd understand it because you've been working with him. And um, I remember I immediately started going, oh, no. Oh, no. How is a how is a green kid going to be able to dub all this shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. And do it like like, you know, a regular professional like Lena can do it in her sleep. You know, all the other women can do it. Everyone can do it in their sleep. But he did. And I'm really appreciative, too, of Cassian being very stringent with me and i'm like i, I could understand it cassie no no let me hear it again let me hear it again <laughs> <laughs> well and every detail a, right and you got a hell of a performance out of that child actor which is one of those things that if you're gonna tell a story like this and you know not on like perfect world where you have a child that's really at the center of the film and kind of carries a lot of the emotional weight of the film and if you don't get that casting right your movie just doesn't work there's no way around it yeah and we were very lucky about that i wanted this kid um one of the producers wanted another kid it was down i mean it was a real battle and um Actually, it was it was interesting. And so Mary Renew, the casting director, was always like and Brett Howe, her right hand who's casting with her, always said, well, it's what do you want, Gigi? What do you want? What do you feel in your heart? And this kid, the first second I met him, I knew it was him. Right. But because I'm a new director, I have to remain open, you know, like let's check egos at the door seriously. And so we got it narrowed down to five kids. And then Lena had heard about a different kid that was actually in the top five. We did a charisma reading, you know, and at the end of it, I said, Lena, you tell me, let's text to each other right away. Who's the kid? We both text and I'm like, fuck. And she goes, what? And she goes, fuck. And I go, we picked the same kid. <laughs> so it was just kismet, you know, stuff like that happened. And then she was great because she's the most amazing mother, too, on top of this. Like, not only the most amazing actress, amazing collaborator, amazing woman, you know. And I would be telling Dean something to readjust him. And then one time he went, um, I don't really get that, Gigi. And the lady goes, hold on. Can I do this? And I go, she goes, I totally get what you're saying. I go, do it, please. You know, they're in the car. And she did it. It was perfect. Like, so... It was just a great camaraderie. Do you know what I mean? Shooting this movie with these amazing actors down to even one actor, you know, like, like one, like Cornelia Guest who had one line. It was just an amazing thing. You well, know, I, it was you just, can feel that there's no cynicism here at all. It feels like everybody is there to do the work. And this is really, 
despite the genre, it is something that is absolutely performance-based, I would say. Absolutely. And that's what carries it, especially when, like, I had this huge action sequence that we couldn't afford. And five days before the movie, some of the action was cut down. And, you know, this action sequence was, was 18 wheelers. And I was really impressed by that scene. Was it Steve McQueen who's running along a train? So I'm having like the guy running from one 18 wheeler to another to jump down to save her, you know, in this big car. And so, you know, we lost it, but then I, when we lost some of the important creative action stuff for a girl, you know, cause I've always loved action movies. Like I'm a tomboy, right? Like my best friend gave me the greatest compliment I've ever had. The age of 10, he said, you play war better than any guy I know. <laughs> compliment ever seriously so i wanted to you know do that i wanted that side of myself to show but but then i realized like you're saying so adeptly is that i had to go back into focusing on it's all about the relationships it's all about the character arc you know well and it's it's own and it's so funny that that's the way it worked out that you backed into that because it's something that feels like you could remove all of those elements, the genre right. elements, and this would absolutely stand up on its own is just really a character piece between a surrogate mother and child, I think is really what this movie is about. Exactly. Exactly. And second chances, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah, you think it's you think it's that book deal that you've been wanting for so you can be loved for your brain and not just your body, right? And you're getting towards the end of your body run, you know. And here it's like making the right decision to help this kid, even though you don't want the fuck to do, you don't want to fucking help this motherfucking kid. You know, you need to do your rewrites for fuck's sake. And it's the love of this child. That's her second chance. I mean, it's just, and so I hope people that see this movie come away and, and go, gee, there's a second chance out there for me. And it doesn't matter how old I am. And I may think it's buying this house when it's really, you know, something else like who knows you just don't know. Well, I don't I know. You, that that's the key. I think that you don't know, and that <clears throat> whatever you think it is, it's not going to be that thing that does give you that second chance. That does give you that second breath of life. It's not going to be the things you expect it to be, because um, the things that we want and desire for are usually fairly empty in a lot of ways. Where they're, you know, it's cotton candy. It's empty calories. It's not something that you can sustain you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, can you talk, talk a little bit about the? more casting that you have here in the film beyond um, just the the child, because this is a really impressive cast. Cause um, I mean, I, I had no idea that Sam Worthington was a character actor and a leading man's body, that, that kind of thing that he was, had that kind of depth to him. I was actually really impressed with him that he has this. Isn't whole he amazing? Side. Yeah. Yeah. Something I, I sold him short in my mind, I think for sure. You know, I have to tell you when he first called me, he like, he didn't just call me to go, Hey, how are you? I like the script. He's like, hey, how are you? Great script. Look, how about if I do this, 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 and this? And I really like this and this. And remember that movie here? I think this and, the, and he was like already in it. You know, oh, I got to do this tattoo. I have, to, I have to have this tattoo. I've looked at these tattoos. This is why I want this tattoo. He was amazing. You know, amazing. And, you know, came prepared and brought so much to it, you know, and would ask a question like, if something wasn't right in his head, he would ask a question to make it right. You know what I mean? If something didn't work for him yeah. that I'd written and I would go, Oh my God, you're right. That totally doesn't work. Let's change it. <laughs> you know. So he was amazing to work with. And that's why I think I got lucky on getting him is because 
A, he wanted to support a woman's point of view. And B, he wanted to do, he wants to start showing people he's more than Avatar, more than a movie star. And well, he is. Yeah, clearly. And it just, it, and I'm excited to see more stuff like this from him. And another one that you have, I mean, one of my favorite people that I think are just starting to get figured out right now that he hasn't quite broken through that level that I think he will is Mark Machaca. He's just such a great oh, actor. And yeah. I mean, he, he's been doing just amazing work. I think, you know, Ozark obviously got a level of recognition, but I mean, he's just doing consistent work up and down everywhere. So I'm always excited yeah. to see him in anything. Yeah. And, you know, his, his role got cut way down. He did it as a favor because of Lena, you know? Okay. Yeah. That and, makes sense. And um, I have another movie that we're prepping and it's going actually to the same casting director who I owe all this great cast to. And I, I still want to go out to him for it. It's, it's a really great role. Cause I feel like, you know, I didn't get to utilize him. Like he just gave me a gift. Do you know what I mean? And oh, he's an absolutely. actor. I mean, Mark, Mark, Martin Sesmeyer was great. Like all those bad guys were great. They were all different characters. Cam, Chris, I mean, they all just, I mean, Lala Anthony, wasn't she refreshing? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's just amazing. Like Barbara Hershey. I mean, I I just was so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be one of those pinch yourself moments working with her. Yeah. And then I mean, she had never shot a gun ever in her career. I I mean, yeah, that makes sense when I think about it, but yeah, this giant two barrel rifle, you know, that's so heavy. And I don't know how Barbara, old Barbara is because, you know, to me, age is just a number like she's ageless, but that's was heavy. Like I'm an ex Olympic athlete. I was like, Whoa, this is heavy. We got to get these in the first like five takes, not because of anything other than I just thought maybe she'd be tired, but she wasn't tired. She was great. That was a heavy gun. What, what was okay? I have to ask, ex uh, Olympic athlete. What was what were you oh, competing in? Jumping horses, show jumping. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, and I think I think that really sculpted me and where I am today because you fall down, you have to get up and get back on that horse, and that's what that's what making movies is, you know, and unless you're Spielberg, you know, I think you, you've had, you paid your dues. I love Jaws from the, you know, he can make any movie he wants, but I'm sure I'm going to have still a lot of falls and have to get back up. And it's all about persistence and not giving up. And that's what I learned with the horses. And yeah, you want to win. You want to win. Well, win for me is the movie is making that story, having every scene be the most it can be having your horse, your actors, you know, bring it to a level that you didn't know was there, you know? And so um, I owe a lot to horses, Every, everything I, to horses, to be honest. Well, I th- yeah. I think that anything that you have that um, humbles you can prepare you for a career in the arts, because if not, if you don't have that ahead of time, then it's, it's not for everyone. That's for Absolutely. sure. And it's, and it's not, me, like someone said on one interview, oh, how did you plan this and this and this and this? And I'm like, seriously, I didn't plan it. I can't take the credit. It was all of us together in the moment creating. You know, I can't take any credit for that. It's just like the ending, Cassie and Elways, who's such a great creative producer. You know, he did Mudbound and he did The Butler. He's done a lot of great movies. He said, I'm, I, have, I have an idea for you. And I go, what? He goes, it's the ending. I'm gonna, I think you should cut this, 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 and this. And I'm like, and before he and I had a joke, he would 
come in with different other people's notes. And I'm like, I am dying on that sword. Right. So, so I said, to him, well, Cassian, you know, I died on t- 10 swords. He goes, no, at least 30. I go, okay, let's make the difference here. Eight. Right. <laughs> like we were like, we always joked with each other. And I said, let me tell you something. I am full of goosebumps. Your ending, fucking brilliant. You're like Lena Headey and all the cast pulling me up to another level. Let's do it. He was brilliant. You know, and so that's the thing. That's why I keep saying to everyone, because some egos weren't checked at the door. Um, you have to check your ego at the door. Leave it there because it's just, you just don't know where that next great idea is. And as a director, I have to go, oh my God, you, you, you gave me that idea. That's so great. Let's do it. You know? And, you know, it's, it's a joint thing. And I just, I'm so, you know, I'm just grateful that Cassian came in and said, all we need is that Madame Bovary speech, Gigi. You don't need to have her go back to see the rabbi. I don't know if you've seen them. You've seen the movie, right? Yeah. 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 So in that that completely closes that loop beautifully you don't need to go yeah and i had her going back to the rabbi and he was you know has his there's no one in his synagogue anymore he's having stress you know she sees this whole tantrum of what was going on with the guy and i was like cassian god bless you you're my hero i'm telling everyone you thought of it he goes no 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 you take the credit i go i can't take the credit it's your credit that's brilliant. That's what you're here for as a creative producer. You're brilliant. Thank you. Well, outside of anyone that listens to things like this, no matter what, you'll get the credit for that. So be open to the best idea always. Because oh, I mean, yeah. when, when you have the writing and directing credit on that, then it's going to look like it was yours no matter what. So yeah, let the, let the best idea win always to me. I mean, that's uh, definitely checking your ego, but I mean, you could be in service of it also. Really. I, I am totally in service. And I think that's why Lena and I got along so well, because we made a pact and we never betrayed each other. It was a complete and total collaboration. I had her back and she had my back. And can you talk a little bit about getting her on board? Because that's a real coup to get her in the film. I mean, she's well, just it was all this, the script and Mary Renew. Um, I sent her a documentary I'd done. She never saw it because she was so busy. But it was a beautiful documentary that won a lot of awards and was created by everyone. I was the director, but it was created by everyone. And um, and Lena's a very amazing listener. Like, I remember the first time I met her, she was such an amazing listener. And then her rap gift to me, which is pretty fucking cool, because I've never had a tattoo and she has like 20 some odd, right? And we had to do clearances for all those tattoos. Oh, my God. So then she says to me, I'm going to give you a rap gift. And I go, okay. She goes, I'm going to give you a tattoo. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. I have no tattoos. I'm not going to have it. She goes, nope. She goes, I'm giving you a tattoo and it's going to be all your sausage dogs. You know, I have dachshunds. And I'm like, I am not wearing a tattoo with a goddamn sausage dog. I'm sorry. I'll be a laughing stock. No way. She goes, yep. A sausage dog. Meet me here at such and such. So she and Mark call me and I go meet them like a month later. You know, I thought I'd been off the hook. We wrapped. She calls me a month later. Come to the come to the tattoo shop. I go meet them. And she goes, "Okay, we're going to blindfold you. And I go, why? And she goes, I don't want you to know what I'm putting on you. And I'm like, are you fucking can I swear? Are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. By all means, please. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? She goes, Gigi, look in my eyes. 
I trusted you with my career on this movie. You have to trust me. I said, blindfold away. Okay. They blindfold me and this tough guy, you know, big tough guy that does sure. so famous dude is, is doing this thing on my wrist. And they're all like, sound like they're crying or something. Right. And they take off my tattoo. This is what a great listener that woman is. The last words my mother ever said to me as she died in my arms, we had had that discussion the night we met. There they are. Be strong. Don't quit. And uh, it's beautiful. I will never take this off. It, everyone was crying, including the tough ass tattoo guy, you know, that looked like yeah. he had 10 motorcycles and we were just, and I just looked at her and I just said, thank you because it's the greatest gift I could have. And I can't tell you how many times I have looked at that in post when, you know, there's no money. What do you do? The sound stuff, and the guy going, no, I got ideas, you know, and everything, you know, that's happened. It's a, uh, it's such a great gift. So for someone to remember that, you know, like two months or a month before you shoot. And then like, after all the hell that you've been through, you know, together and good hell, you know, mm-hmm. but tough hell, like, like I think she wanted to do the indie cause she wanted to feel that rough rawness again, you know, be in it. No sleep. She said, tough days, tough schedule, just shoot it from the hip. Right. And that's what we did. And, you know, it's a great gift. So it's about being true to yourself, quoting Shakespeare, um, for as night follows day that thou canst be false to any man. So be true to your actor, what you promise your actor. And I think, you know, no matter what it is, I, I called her up several times after things ended and saying, what do you want me to do? I showed her the, the, um, I think you're the first one I've, I'm telling this to, I've never even remembered it before today. I showed her the strip sequence that I cut before anyone else saw it because she was worried about it. Well, sure. Yeah. She never stripped before and she was phenomenal. And I I said, I no one will see this unless you see it first and approve of it. And that was my truth to her. So, you know, I think that's a really important thing in Hollywood, believe it or not, (laughs) to be true to your words and your promises. It's um, crazy. No, no, no. Well, I mean, if you're going to have anything that you look down and see a reminder of every day, that's a really good one to have. And not even just the the beauty of the direct connection to it, that this was the advice that was given that's going to live with you till the day you pass, that you'll have that there forever. That's just such a beautiful gift. And not only in the I know, right? idea of it, but in the implementation of it as well, because oh. I think we're all better people if we practice that advice. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, people, the the line is in there, by the way, in the movie, Barbara Hershey says it to Lena. I had to put it in. That's so great. That's fantastic. And and I got to tell you, Barbara doesn't know the story behind it, but Lena did. Mm -hmm. And and her reaction when Barbara Hershey says, be strong, don't quit. And she's leaving. What Lena Headey plays without words you know, I'm going to need to go back and rewatch that now because I oh, you have I, to see what now because I knowing that in yeah that changes 
the whole scene really and mm-hmm. that reaction to it. Okay. And then I realized in that moment, Barbara was really a mother passing info on to Lena to carry on. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So all these layers and the unfortunate part on that scene, I didn't get to move the camera. We had ran out of time on Barbara to do another angle on her. So you, you have to watch her do it on a profile, you know, but <sighs> That's a, it's one of the things that I really loved about this. And it's perhaps not what the initial designs were for it, but you ended up with something more personal and you ended up with something that really does hit home in a way that maybe wasn't your intentional, your design, but man, you landed on something uh, pretty beautiful. And uh, I guess it's serendipity, but it's, uh, it's a nice, happy accident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, uh, someone asked me, do you, have personal and everything. Well, you know, I was a, a pretty well, good big writer before I left the business. I sold 17 scripts and I left the business for a short, for a, a period of time because I fell in love. But um, I would adapt movies for people out of books, right? Mm-hmm. But I would still add that personal moment, that, that, that thing that makes us all humans, whether it's our mistakes, you know, our goodness, whatever. And I think it's really important to have that. You know, that's why Anthony Hopkins, like look at that movie he did. What was the one with Jodie Foster? The biggest Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, but he had so many interesting human traits, which made him fascinating as a bad guy, right? Oh, absolutely. That's always yeah. been my, um, with any genre approach, be it horror, thriller, action, anything like that. I feel like you need to, to me, the ones that resonate that work are the ones that you could absolutely remove all of those elements. And there's a kernel of a story, a theme, something that you can hang your hat on. Um, don't get me wrong. If you apply that logic to something like Cobra or Tango and Cash, there's nothing there to hang your hat on. But I mean, I still enjoy those. They have their place. Yeah, but me not, too. Yeah. But it's not, there's gonna, they're not going to hit in that way other than it's just going to be something that's a lot of fun. But, you know, it's, it's nice to have something that has a little bit more depth to it for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate you so much. Well, no, thank I, you. I, I love that you're a guitar player. I see that. Oh, I, w- I wouldn't go quite that far. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, w- I would I annoy my family. I'll put it that way. So <laughs> that's the extent of it. But thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. And thank you. No, and, and best of luck with the film, because I think this is going to be one that people really connect with. I hope so. I hope I hope they do. I mean, I, I just think those performances that people gave me are just from the heart. You got something special. So be all proud out. Of yeah, all out. I just love them all so much. You <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Take care. Nice to meet you. Okay. You too. So nice to Bye-bye. meet you. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope
voice crack.